Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hey, this is Ken Shamrock the world's most dangerous man. And you're listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. Brothers and sisters, Friday, October 27th, it is going down. Valor Bare Knuckle 2 is happening at the University of North Florida Center in Jacksonville, Florida. I am so excited about this because we're talking bare knuckle boxing. Just the good stuff, okay? And who better? Then to give us a preview, then the president himself. Okay, this man is in the UFC Hall of Fame. He is in the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. He is a WWE legend. Most importantly, he is the world's most dangerous man. So without further ado, welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, Ken Shamrock. What's going on there, Ken? Not much. How you doing, brother? Well, I'm doing fantastic now that I know that Valor Bare Knuckle is back. And I got to tip my hat to you. You did it again. You have a monster main event with the champion, Mark, the hand of God beer, going up against LeVar Big Johnson. Talk to me about this matchup here because, boy, you you talk about big guys throwing hands. That's exactly what we're going to get, right? Yeah, it's exciting. These two guys both have big power. Uh, big hitters, man, with something we want to put together. So look, we're going to get that done. I'm, <laughs> the thing I'm excited about is, is it reminds me of the original NHP, No Holes Bar, back in the day when USC first came to the U.S. where nobody knew who was who, but they came to actually see what was going to happen inside that cage. I believe that we have the same thing right now, is that we have this bout circle. Our rule sets the way they're set up with no cages, no ropes, no clenching. True bare knuckle is going to be a sight to see. It's Again, there are no names in this. Like, and it's bare knuckle. There's no superstars like you have in UFC or boxing. It's actually people are coming to actually watch to see what's going to happen inside that bout circle. Well, I predict folks are going to get nothing but pure action because the first Valor bare knuckle was incredible and God beer. Oh my goodness. He tore it up. I mean, the guy was trending online. He was so incredible. Just the way that he dominated in Valor bare knuckle, right? Beast. LaVar was another one. Big hitter, man. It was like both those guys, man. It's too, it's a shame they weren't in the tournament together because that would have been fun, but now we get to see it. Well, we get to see it indeed. And, and what I love about Valor Bare Knuckle is just the fact that unlike in MMA, unlike in boxing, there's no doubt about it, you're going to get a definitive winner. These guys are going to be throwing bombs. Somebody's walking out a winner, right? Listen, 
going to the judges is not happening. I mean, like these are going to be fights that are going to be off the hook. It's going to be guys going in there and they're going to be looking to knock you out. And it's going to be fun to watch. And again, like I said, I've said this before uh, earlier on in your show here is like, this is about the event. This is about the actual rule sets and the vision going inside this bow circle. And people are watching this going, how is this going to work out? Like how exciting is this going to be? Well, it is going to be off the charts. There's no question about it. And I got to tell you, Ken, uh, you hold a very special place uh, in my heart. And I know of our listeners here, I'm one of the original UFC fans. I was getting the VHS tapes and and doing the tape trading as a kid and what have you. So I got to legitimately watch most of your uh, mixed martial arts career, at least from the early 90s all the way up to now. And a funny story, you know, I, I launched this show, Duke Loves Wrestling, back in 2016. In 2017, I connected with your team and we had scheduled an interview. And unfortunately, you know, things happened and you weren't able to uh, make it to the interview. Two years later, Ken Shamrock himself, the legend, you, you called me up and you said, Duke, I'm launching this bare knuckle thing. I want to come on your show and talk about it. I'm sorry that we weren't able to connect before, uh, but I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm doing Fox Sports and a couple other outlets and I want to do your show as well. And sure enough, man, you came on the show. We promoted. You had a great event. But what stuck out for me was the fact that you were such a classy guy. You didn't have to circle back, but yet you did. You held your word. And for that reason, Ken Shamrock, I'm always going to support you. And I'm always going to tell the world about you because you're, you're legitimately you're a great dude. Well, I appreciate that. And I always believe that, you know, obviously things happen in the world that you just you're, you're out of your control. But doesn't mean that you can't make them up. Certainly. And, and you certainly make them up and then some. So, uh, you know, I really appreciate that. Once again, folks, October 27th, Valor BK2. OK, the heavyweight bout here for the title. We are talking about Mark, the hand of God beer versus LeVar Big Johnson. You know, Ken, it, it's an interesting world out there in mixed martial arts and combat sports in general. You have the merger of UFC and WWE under the uh, TKO sports uh, banner, so to speak. And and I was talking to you about this offline, too, and I don't mind saying this online. You're the blueprint. You're, you're the original pro wrestler, UFC guy, MMA guy, and you're able to dominate in both areas there. And so much has happened since Ken Shamrock was able to show what was possible. What are your thoughts on that merger there and the fact that these two entities are now part of one big company? I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited because it, there was a, there, and there's a story behind this because I remember when I first made this decision to go from the mixed martial arts into pro wrestling, um, it was because I couldn't really do what I needed to do to support my family at the time because that MMA world was having a problem at the time. And I really didn't know what direction to go. And then when I started looking at pro wrestling, cause my dad was a huge fan of pro wrestling and mentioned it to me. And I was like, man, I'm a fighter. How do you mix that in? And even though I did pro wrestling as a young kid, um, I just couldn't see how that would work. You know, the, the, I was a real dude. Right. And so I remember saying, well, let's just see what happens. And so I remember make the call and then Vince said, yeah, and he brought me in. We did this Monday night raw thing with Farouk and the nation or whatever it was. And, you know, two weeks later I get signed and, and it was like a whirlwind too, because when I got signed, I had to tell people, Hey, 
I'm moving out of this MMA world because I need to be able to do something to support this business that I built in my family. And I couldn't do it in the world of mixed martial arts because of all the lawsuits and everything that was going on, keeping them, banning them from places. And it just wasn't being accepted. And so I had to do something to protect my family and my business. And so I went into pro wrestling feeling like this might be a good fit. Well, then I started getting hate mail. People saying I sold out and like you're going into this thing that's fake and you're a loser. I mean, it was brutal. Even half of my team uh, that was in the lion's den had gotten angry at me. My brother himself ended up leaving the gym. I mean, it was just a lot of stuff that happened. Uh, but I, I felt even in the early days, I felt like I could make this work. Like I could literally take what I do in that fight game and mix it into pro wrestling. I knew I could. I just believed it. And so I remember going in there. It wasn't easy at first, but the more successful that I got at it, the more that people got to see how those moves really fit into pro wrestling, it blew up. I mean, it literally went from hate to love. Everybody was on board with it now because I was successful at it. Now you spend that thing 20 years down the road. Now look at it. You had all kinds of people follow me into pro wrestling. You know, you got Brock Lesnar, even though he wrestled first, just like me. Um, but he went into MMA, then came back into pro wrestling and used his image to get him over the top. You got Ronda Rousey. You got so many, so many things that had happened that people understand that what I had already known by taking that risk of jumping in there and showing people it can be done. And now you got this merger, this billions and billions of dollar merger coming out. I am so glad and so happy to see that happen because I think that it's really a great opportunity for everyone, whether you're in the ring or out of the ring, to enjoy this. Well, that's a hell of a history lesson there. And I'm glad you have that take, Ken, because let's call it what it is, right? Everybody listening, let's call it what it is. Ken Shamrock is the blueprint, right? When it comes to a pro wrestler turned MMA superstar, you know, someone who legitimately is one of the most recognizable people in the world because they were able to dominate. They were able to entertain. They were able to excel, not just in sport, but also in sports entertainment. This is something that continues to be replicated over and over again to this day. Ken Shamrock is a blueprint. And for that reason, I got to tell you, and I'm talking to you, WWE. I'm talking to you, TKO. I'm talking to you, Endeavor. It is an absolute mystifying, and, and quite frankly, it's a disgrace that Ken Shamrock isn't in some type of ambassadorship, some type of advisory, something. He should have a role when it comes to this new entity that you've put together, because let's call it what it is. If Ken Shamrock is the blueprint, if he's the one that was able to prove that it can be done and it can be done and everyone can make a lot of money doing it, you folks need to get this guy back in the mix here. Who better to speak to the athletes than Ken Shamrock? Who better than to provide insight for the pro wrestling side and the MMA side and once again to let you know, hey, this will work for the athletes, this may not work. Who better than Ken Shamrock? Who are the athletes going to open up to the most? The guy that literally is the blueprint for all of them, right? So why wouldn't you have a Ken Shamrock in the mix? It, it doesn't make any sense. And, and for everybody out there, uh, TKO, 
I'm talking to every single one of you. You know, some of you folks listen to the show, and thank goodness for that. I appreciate that. We've had some fantastic stars from the WWE on the show. We've had UFC legends on the show, including Ken. I'm telling you right now, it is crazy that you don't have Ken Shamrock currently involved. And I caution you, you want to find a way to do business with this guy before somebody else comes along and makes it so it's not possible for you to do business with him. Because Ken is looking at what you've managed to put together, the merger of WWE and UFC under the TKO banner here. You know, they're all part of the same family now. If he's talking positively about you, that's the type of promotion. You should be doing business with this guy. And that's just, that's me. That's my opinion. I'm sure that the majority of the fans out there, if not all the fans out there would agree, why would you not have the blueprint? be a person who's part of the mix right now, especially when you're just launching this partnership, so to speak. It doesn't make any sense. And and another thing that doesn't make any sense, Ken Shamrock, you should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. It's crazy that you're not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, right? <laughs> you should be I don't there, know what, man. I don't know what the criteria are, but I thought I, I, I felt like I fit them, but this is completely out of my control. I have no say in how these people vote or what they do. So, but it doesn't take away from what I've done and what I've accomplished. Well, I'll just say this. Everyone, you can go into any wrestling event, any wrestling card, the indies, the you know WWE in between. Somebody is doing some type of uh, MMA gimmick, so to speak, in a pro wrestling ring. Ken Shamrock is the original, folks. Okay? So we got to see this, this comeback home sort of situation. Here. Vince McMahon, Ari Emanuel, whoever, make this happen, please. But once again, Valor BK2, okay, this is true bare-knuckle boxing here, October 27th. You got to check out all of the social media for the Valor Valor uh, bare-knuckle folks here. Definitely want to check out their website at ValorBK.com for more information, including tickets. I'm telling you, they're going to be releasing some of the other fights in the not-too-distant future, so you know what to expect. But it's just going to be fun. I mean, when you walk into the arena and you see that ring, the fact that there are no ropes, that, that's just great. It's just one big circle, right, Ken? It's its the bout circle, man, and it's exciting when you walk in. It's just like – it reminds you, like I said, the early days of the UFC when you walked into the arena and you saw that cage sitting there. You were like, wow. Well, the bout circle has that same effect. When you walk into the arena and you see the bout circle, it's like, wow. I love it. I love it. Listen, once again, you're the legend. You're a great guy. Some of my friends down in uh, the Jacksonville area, you know, they were at the uh, River City Wrestling Con this past summer. and they, they couldn't stop raving about you there. They loved you down there. So, you know, getting a chance to meet Ken Shamrock live is always exciting because he's great with the kids. Great with the whole family here. This is why we want to continue to support Ken and whatever he's doing, including his Valor Bare Knuckle Company. Ken Shamrock, thank you for all that you've contributed in pro wrestling and MMA. You are a great sportsman, great guy. And as always, you are always welcome here on Duke Loves Wrestling. Yeah, we'd love to, love to come on again, man. Appreciate you. Always fantastic to talk to the legend himself, Ken Shamrock. Great dude, man. And it's, it's so cool, you know, the fact that he circles back and continues to promote his Valor Bare Knuckle Boxing Company here on Duke Loves Wrestling. It's, it's really, really cool. Appreciate that. I was the, the kid going to the video stores to pick up this UFC stuff. It was like, what is this? Oh, man, this is real fighting. And 
of course, Ken Shamrock was uh, one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star in the company. You had Ken Shamrock, Hoist Gracie, Dan the B Severin. I mean, those were the guys. Those are the guys. So the fact that two out of those three have been guests on Duke Loves Wrestling, now, you know, Ken for a second time, just awesome. Awesome. It's like living a dream, so to speak. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I am going to recap some of the bigger stories in the pro wrestling world. And I got something to say to all of you impatient fans out there. So you don't want to miss this. Be right back. Let's talk hydration. See, I carry something to drink with me every single place that I go because I am concerned about being dehydrated. It runs in the family. Everything from dry mouth, dizzy spells, fainting. It's pretty serious. And I've tried all the different types of waters and sports drinks. Let me tell you something right now. Liquid IV. That has been the most efficient at keeping me hydrated and doing so pretty quickly. Okay, Liquid IV has five essential vitamins and is two times faster at keeping you hydrated than water alone. And I'm serious, man. Everything from vitamin C to vitamins B3, B5, B6, B12. Liquid IV also is non-GMO. So it's free from gluten, dairy, soy. So for all you folks out there with food allergies, this may be right up your alley. And I know what you're thinking, but how does it taste, Duke? Well, it tastes pretty good. Okay, we're talking my favorite in pina colada. They also have tropical punch, strawberry, new flavors like sea berry and strawberry lemonade. Huh. You can enjoy this stuff, man. But don't take my word for it. I want you to stop what you're doing right now and head over to liquidiv.com. Use the promo code Duke Loves Wrestling so you get 20% off your entire order. I mean, anything that you order on liquidiv.com. So what are you waiting for? It's time for you to shop better hydration today. Use the promo code Duke Loves Wrestling over at liquidiv.com. Save yourself 20%. Stay hydrated. Most importantly, enjoy life. That's right. You know, pro wrestling has been just incredibly active over the past uh, couple of weeks, and so much has happened. You, you know, I, this is an interview show, folks. Duke loves wrestling. It's an interview show. It's what I want to focus on. It's what you've asked me to focus on through the years. I do these these special episodes where I'll have you know an analyst come on, Rob the Genius or Danny G or one of these folks. You know, Brad Shepard. Lavelle Porter. You know, I'll have analysts come on and we'll talk about what's current in wrestling. But I love to focus on the interviews because you're going to hear something that you've never heard before. And certainly Ken Shamrock just shared a bunch of stuff that I've never heard before. I'm sure many of you have never heard before in terms of death threats and things that he received doing MMA and pro wrestling at the same time. So that's crazy. I'm sure that that's going to hit the headlines there. But that's why I focus on the interviews. But every now and then, you know, of course, I got to circle back and share my thoughts on the current stuff. And I got to say, first and foremost, congratulations to Jade Cargill. She just signed with the WWE. And in fact, WWE even put her on ESPN to make the announcement. It was a big to do and all that good stuff there. Pop and circumstance. 
pyro, ballyhoo, all that good stuff there. And it's fantastic. Congratulations, Jade. Um, legitimately, I don't think there is anyone walking the face of the planet who instantly lets you know that they are star just from their presence. Jade Cargill is one of one, no question about it. She looks incredible. She can she can talk better than 99% of the people who have ever picked up a microphone. Highly intelligent. Just someone that you will have to pay attention to because she is just something else, man. She's something like we've never seen before. No two ways about it. And I hope, and it looks like it's happening, but I hope she takes the training in WWE seriously so that her in-ring quality can match her star power. Because if she even is able to get even 50% better than what she's been so far, this is this is a viable superstar, right? This is somebody who you could you could put in the main event of WrestleMania and feel good that they're gonna sell some tickets. They're gonna generate some buzz. People are gonna pay attention to it. No question about it. But she's gotta put in the work because she legitimately is one of the worst pro wrestlers I have ever seen. And, you know, a lot of people take issue with me saying that, but what you've noticed is that I've been consistent. I've never not pointed this out. And and I really don't care if you don't like the fact that I'm pointing it out because it's important to point it out. We can't sit there and look at something that's clearly terrible and pretend like it's okay because it's not. It's dangerous and it's ridiculous. Jade Cargo is not a good wrestler. That jumping uh, kick that she does, it's going to kill somebody if you're not careful because she's powerful. She's a true athlete, man. And that kick is, I wouldn't want to take that. You know what I mean? That's not that's not a Bobby Eaton uh, Alabama jam at all. That's night night. So we got to make sure that she's being safe in there, not only for her opponents, but also for herself, because the other part of this is she's no spring chicken in, in pro wrestling terms. Right. She's starting off very late in life. Most wrestlers start off in their early 20s. Jade is in her early 30s. So her body ain't what it used to be. And it wasn't built for taking bumps. So we got to be very careful with with someone who is such a mega athlete and who really is is dedicated to lifting weights and, and maintaining muscle and things like that. That body wasn't made for bumps. And it's going to take years for that body to get adjusted to bumps, getting thrown around, um, having to do it on a WWE schedule. That's tough. That's tough on everyone's body. And you can see some of these wrestlers later on, later on in life and how they're walking around, and that tells you, right? So I don't wish that for Jade. She's got to take the training seriously, but I do believe that she will, and I do believe that she has a skill set and the motivation to do so because she'll be as big as anybody. Jade Cargo could be bigger than The Rock in terms of being a crossover star who can go into other opportunities. There's no question about it. And... This is healthy competition for somebody like Charlotte Flair. This is healthy competition for somebody like Bianca Belair. This is healthy competition for Ronda Rousey. Jade Cargill is going to push them to get better at everything. She's going to push them to to find a way to hit that next level of superstardom because they certainly don't want Jade Cargill to outshine them. So that's exciting. I love that. It's fantastic. Competition breeds excellence. 
And I don't think you can look at a Jade Cargill and not see that she's dripping with excellence. Of course she is. We just got to make sure the in-ring stuff gets up to speed with everything else. So, you know, no shade. I'm going to be honest with you, and and I'm not even saying this in a tongue-in-cheek way. I'm saying this in a very serious way. Based on some interviews that I've saw, it's very possible that Jade Cargill and I are related because, you know, half of my family is from Jamaica, and I think we kind of we kind of intermix in, in the part of Jamaica that her family is from. So it's very possible that we're related. So that's the other side of this here too, folks. I'm not playing favorites and I'm not trying to be a jerk when I say that she legitimately is one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen because she wasn't trained properly. Well, now she's in a place where she's going to get 100% proper training. So now if the in-ring stuff does not get better, then we know that that's not the training. That's the issue. And I don't believe that someone like Jade Cargo is going to sit there and be mediocre, be less than excellent in any area of her life, especially pro wrestling. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Shout out to Jade. Congratulations. Shout out to WWE. Congratulations. That was the biggest, the first big signing in the TKO era because the McMahon family no longer are the owners of WWE. It's now owned by Endeavor under the TKO banner, right? as we mentioned during the Ken Shamrock conversation. So good stuff there. I'm repeating this for historical purposes. So for all of you, oh yeah, we already know that. Good for you. But, you know, 10 years down the line when somebody picks up this recording, it may be a history lesson. So that's why I repeated that. Now, on the other side, and it's kind of funny, it's almost like, you know, both sides kind of flopped uh, talents there. AEW picks up Adam Copeland, the man formerly known as Edge, WWE Hall of Famer, a uh, guy who has main evented all over the place, a, a guy, you know, what is he, 25 years in the business? Adam Copeland. That's a lot of experience, name recognition. He he has some actor credits under his belt as well, so he's a, he's a crossover star in his own right. And he gets to reunite with some of his friends, you know, Christian, Chris Jericho, you know, folks like that. So this is this is pretty awesome for for Adam Copeland, aka the man formerly known as Edge, going to AEW. It's a big signing for them, big. And the fact that they had to fire uh, CM Punk, Mister Phil Brooks, because you know, as Tony Khan stated, you know, Punk or Phil or both, they put uh, lives in jeopardy with their behavior. They had to be fired from AEW. That's a big loss. That was the biggest star that AEW had. So the fact that they were able to pick up Edge is huge. That's a major, major win for them. And I hope it works for the better for them. I am a little concerned because here we go again where we have this old WWE person. At what point does AEW realize that their homegrown talent, their younger stars, They ain't getting it done. And it's not from a lack of effort and a lack of interest from the talent. It has to do with who people are paying attention to, who's being empowered to coach, and really the booking. And that all falls on Tony Khan. There's no shortage of veterans in AEW at this point behind the scenes. You got Jim Ross. You have Dean Malenko. Jake the Snake Roberts, I believe, is still under contract. Arn Anderson, I believe, is still under contract. You know, Mark Henry, big show. Then you got Jericho, who's still performing. There's no shortage of veterans who know what they're doing, 
and who understand what it's supposed to look like. There's no shortage. There's an abundance. So it doesn't make any sense that we can't build major stars in AEW. And I know some of you are going to say, well, MJF, MJF is, is not a major star. He's not a big star. He's barely a star. That's going to hurt some feelings, but it's the truth. MJF is not going to make everybody go crazy when you say he's going to be anywhere because other than people in the wrestling bubble, no one cares about MJF, knows who he is, whatever. Ironically, if he was in the WWE, he'd be, he'd be a huge name. That shouldn't be. As Tony Khan has stated many times, he has more money than Vince McMahon, so he, he, he should be able to make stars. You should be able to do it. You should be able to afford to, to surround yourself with people who can get this done. But that also means you have to be able to put your ego aside and realize that you're not the person to get it done. You have to hire that, right? You have to hire people who actually have a track record in making that happen. And that ain't you, Tony. Playtime is over. So it's great that you have Adam Edge Copeland, but I'm looking at the fact that at your Wrestle Dream card, Will Hobbs wasn't on the card. This guy who got himself in fantastic shape, he has never been a problem backstage. You hear nothing but glowing remarks about him, right? So you know you can trust him and you can depend on him. He's a grown man. He's a father. So he's a family man, right? He's somebody who who doesn't disrespect the company when he goes out and he speaks publicly. I don't understand how a guy like that, and by the way, he's a black man, right? Why isn't he a top contender for the world championship? And when you look at him and then you look at MJF and you look at Jericho and you look at anybody else who you've had who've been champion, there's a pretty big difference. I mean, Will Hobbs looks like he could he could probably pick his teeth with all of them. That is a perfect matchup. Why wouldn't you have this guy in the mix? This guy should be on a tear right now. And he's he's just an afterthought. Doesn't make any sense. So these are the sort of mistakes that Tony keeps making that unfortunately results in a, in a negative for the company, right? You, you lost Jade Cargill, and based on what she had to say, and even based on what Tony had to say, it was a surprise. They didn't expect to lose her. But you lost her because she didn't feel that she could excel in that company beyond what she's been able to do. Well, what does that mean? That means you're not featuring women enough, so she didn't feel that you were dedicated and serious about featuring her, right? You certainly weren't going to build anyone to be a formidable uh, uh, opponent for her where they both could make money because it'd be a big matchup that people want to see. Closest thing you had at this point was Britt Baker. And for some reason, you never put that match together. And you never made that. That should have main evented a pay-per-view or, or 10. Crazy. So the stuff that I have said all along that is hurting that company continues to hurt the company. And then when you put your money behind something and you invest in something, it's something that doesn't really, it's like, okay, you brought in Edge. What is Edge going to do that you don't already have on that roster? You got Brian Danielson, for Christ's sake. This guy, is, he's headlined WrestleMania at least two times. <laughs> Brian Danielson is such a big name in pro wrestling that his yes, yes chant they still say in the WWE, they say it at sporting events. It's crossed over. And yet, when Brian Danielson is on the card, you're not selling out. 
even in his hometown. That's a marketing problem. That's not a, that's not a lack of effort by the talent. That's a marketing issue. Somebody's not doing their job in that company in terms of developing the star power of somebody or even maintaining and capitalizing on the star power of somebody in order to signal to the marketplace that this matters. You've actually devalued the guy. So I have no faith that Edge is going to walk into that situation and be able to make any difference. I really don't. He'll make a difference behind the scenes for anyone who who listens to him. But then you got to ask yourself, is he just training that person up so that they can go in WWE and become a big star for real? Because they ain't going to do it in AEW at this rate. I'm not saying this to beat up on anybody. Listen, Tony Khan and I, we're on good terms. So I'm not trying to start any trouble here. But I, but I wouldn't be me. And I told Tony directly, I wouldn't be me if I didn't tell you every single time what I like and what I don't like. Right? I don't like the fact that you don't have any people of color challenging for the world championship. You don't have any viable contenders. Conrad Thompson has done a better job of promoting Swerve <laughs> as being a future AEW world champion than Tony Khan has. Conrad Thompson has literally done a better job than AEW as a company of trying to convince people that Swerve should be a contender for the championship, and not only that, he should be champion. That's that's ridiculous, but it's true. Hell, I'm do I've done a better job than even Will Hobbs himself at trying to convince people that he should be at least a contender for the world championship. Will Hobbs himself is it says he's comfortable with, with his spot in the company, which is ridiculous, by the way. I mean, and that was like over a year ago. So hopefully, Willie, <laughs> as some of these folks want to call him, uh, hopefully he's changed his mind on that. Because you're, you're too big and you're too bad. And, and, and your look, that's what the people want. Kids want to look, they will look at you like a Bobby Lashley. I look at Bobby Lashley. I'm, not, I'm a grown man, but I look at Bobby Lashley and I'm like, man, that's my superhero right there. That's who I want to be. You know, that's my alter ego. Will Hobbs is that. He's even bigger than Lashley. Jesus. Inspiring kids. Jay Cargill said that she wanted to inspire young black children. And she didn't feel she could do that in AEW. What does that mean? You got a star like a Will Hobbs who can inspire young black children. What are you doing in order to set him up to be able to to accomplish that? Think about that, Tony. I don't understand why the Renegade Twins. I don't understand why Athena. (laughs) I don't understand why they're not on national television every week instead of being stuck in ROH. And no disrespect to ROH, I always will have a soft spot for that company. I helped build the company, quite frankly. It wouldn't exist without some of my efforts because I was one of many, small group, but many in in that regard of fans who helped provide the data which they utilized in order to even create the company. So I'm never going to not express my love and affinity for ROH, but the way that you have presented the company so far, putting it behind a paywall and all this nonsense, it's like, how are these folks supposed to get over? You got a guy like Bishop Khan, who was on the show a couple weeks back. He should be on TV. And kudos to you because you put him on collision in a featured spot where he was in there against Omega and Jericho, and he looked great. Looked fantastic. Right? That's what it's supposed to be about. Bishop Khan is a, is a, is a superstar. He's the kind of guy that should be built up. 
and challenging and being a contender, even for the world championship, he's he's, he's probably bigger than MJF, <laughs> you know? And I think if you did a blind test of the two of them, people would say Khan should be the world champion and he would be the guy that would be the face of the company. I'm not trying to disrespect anybody. I'm just calling it what it is. You have the pieces. You have a great mix of young and old. You have plenty of talented men, plenty of talented women. You have people from all over the world. You have people from all different racial and ethnic backgrounds. I want to see better marketing out of AEW. And more importantly, I want to see Tony Khan have these folks who are breakout stars give them a reason to stay. And it's not just about offering them more money like you did with Jade Cargill, but give them an actual reason to stay. Find out what their goals are and provide them with the opportunity to achieve those goals. I'm serious, man. I look, what is going on with Keith Lee? <laughs> it's like you got these bozos on TV. Then you got a bastard like Keith Lee who looks like he could destroy the world. And, and what are you doing with him? You put him on the on the on the pre-show for the uh, pay-per-view. It's like this is ridiculous. But kudos, you you signed Adam Copeland. Good for him. Another Canadian who's going to go in there. Another aging former WWE white guy. He has some name recognition. Uh, he is someone who cares, so he's going to be able to explain to people how to develop their characters and things like that, and that's great. But you already have that in that company. I don't believe Adam Copeland is going to make as much of an impact on that company as what you already have and could be utilizing. So there's that. But I'm going to tell you right now, AEW still hasn't gotten that Warner Brothers Discovery deal. And Tony Khan has gone on record saying that he will take less money if need be in order to get the deal. And that tells you, or it tells me at least, that those negotiations aren't going too well. Who the hell is going to take less money when you feel like your company, the value of your company, you're over here touting that people have told you your company, the valuation of it is a billion dollars. And then somebody else said it's actually two billion dollars. Oh, yeah, well, it could be three, four. Everybody gets a car, right? Why would you take less money on a, a TV rights deal? Don't you feel like your company is better today than it was when you got the TV rights deal, when you hadn't even had a first episode of your TV show before? You're going to take less money? That tells me everything I need to know. That tells me that you folks aren't hitting the right metrics. That tells me that there is a lot missing and you have not convinced the, the television partner that you're worth the investment. I'm not saying that to be mean, but I'm going to point out what it is. Part of the reason, and I think the biggest part of the reason, is because there is a lack of diversity when people turn on your programming. They see a bunch of undersized, flippy white guys. There are no people of color in top positions, challenging for the top titles, being the, you know, setting the pace. Being somebody who's being presented credibly, closest thing you had was Jade Cargill, and she said she did not feel like she could achieve her goals of inspiring young children, especially uh, black boys and black girls. She didn't feel like she would be able to elevate beyond. She didn't feel she was upset that she wasn't put in matches with the right people, right? She wasn't 
ever in the world title picture for the women. What does that tell you? And you and and, and you sign Edge. That's your response. I just I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And I'm going to say I'm going to end on this note here. Because I I've spoken to some people and I you know I talk to people all the time, but especially people in the media here. And there is a a complete miscalculation. And a lot of companies make this mistake, but unfortunately, you know, Tony and and the friends over in AEW, I think they've made the mistake the most here. You will provide access and interviews to people who will only say good things about you and who will avoid, you know, legitimate criticism and analysis and what have you. So you you provide access to people who are your cheerleaders, basically, in the media. And that has worked up to a point. But the problem is you've created an echo chamber and you really have maximized how much money you can get out of the people in the echo chamber. That's why the growth of the company has been stagnant. And I know that, you know, folks are going to say, no, we've been growing. No, you haven't. You've been, you've been making a couple more bucks per ticket because you've increased your ticket prices, but people aren't showing up to your live events. People aren't really watching you on TV. We know it's not true. We know it's not true. Your, your demographics in terms of your audience has not changed. You know, you, you haven't really increased your female audience. You certainly, people of color certainly are not into it because you're not taking the wrestlers seriously who look like them. So why would they be tuning in? Right. I'm going to give you the biggest tip I could possibly give you here. And this goes for all wrestling promoters, and, and I'm, but I'm talking directly to Tony Khan. Go out and you know who they are. And if you don't know who they are, you ask your buddy Willie Washington over there. Right. Ask your buddy Chris Harrington. Mookie, ask him over there. You go out and you compile a list of your biggest critics since AEW has existed. Your biggest critics in the media world, people who have called out and who have pointed out what they don't like about the company louder than everybody else, more than everybody else. You compile that list. You can make like a top 10, top 15. And then you know what you do after that? You have your team reach out to each and every one of those folks and you offer them interviews with your talent. That's what you do. You should make that a priority for the, for the rest of the year. At least one AEW contracted wrestler should appear on the top 15 media outlets that have criticized AEW the most. Why would I say that? Why would I suggest that? Well, (laughs) I'm a perfect case study. I don't think anyone has criticized that company more than I have because I've been consistent and I've been so strong voiced about it and so consistent and people have challenged me and what have you and then have come around and started to agree with what I have had to say that even Tony Khan has been in my inbox about it. But I'm a great case study here. Over the past couple of weeks, we've had Layla Gray. We've had uh, Bishop Khan. These are two AEW contracted wrestlers, right? On the show that has been the most critical of the company in the way that Tony Khan has done things, AEW has gotten tremendous positive press because I've brought on talents that I respect, that I appreciate, And I've encouraged people to tune in and watch these talents on ROH, on AEW TV. I've said, hey, these folks should be on AEW TV. The whole nine yards. The place where you get criticized the most was putting you over. That's just good business. 
<laughs> you've maximized your cheerleaders and the people who who have no soul and who who you know for some reason they're avoiding honesty. I know what the reason is because they're afraid of losing access, so they want to play the game, right? You've maximized that. Go backwards and go to the folks who are calling you out. Have your talent go on their shows because you know what's going to happen? <laughs> they're going to put the talent over. And then you know what's going to happen? That audience that those media outlets have cultivated, they're going to tune in and they're going to support those, those wrestlers. And that still puts money in your pocket. That still puts eyeballs on your program. That still is a net positive for you. This nonsense of rewarding your buddies who pat you on the back and tell you good job even when you're screwing up, that is the reason why the company is stagnant. That's the reason why the product is stagnant. That's the reason why WWE was able to reinvent itself two or three times since you've existed. And they continue to just knock it out of the park, not because they're so great, but because they understand when it's time to make moves, when it's time to make some changes, when it's time to actually listen to the criticism. Right. Instead of trying to continue to maintain and foster the echo chamber. So that's my advice. And, and look, I don't really care who takes offense to what I said there because I didn't say anything that's not true. As always, I'm easy to get in touch with, <laughs> not hard to find. I will, I will interact with anybody. Just be respectful. We can disagree. You can even come on the show. We'll put it on air. I don't mind. Tony, you, you know you're always welcome. But I'm telling you right now, man, this, this nonsense that you have going on is the reason why you don't have that TV deal yet. And it's the reason why you're offering to take less money. Because if you were promoting diversity, if, if that was a place where women could excel where you were featuring more than one women's match, when you had multiple women's storylines that were actually given time and development, where your wrestlers were being put on ESPN and given the big press because you were using the weight of your connections to make sure that they were getting it, right? If you actually were doing those things, there's no way on God's green earth you would even have to offer to take less money to stay on any network. There it is. Duke Loves Wrestling on Facebook, on Twitter. Duke Loves Wrestling at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Many of you are going to agree. Many more are going to disagree. A lot of you out there, you don't want to rock the boat because you're afraid. I've been told this. I've been told this directly. You know, don't say that because then it's going to mess it up for them. So somebody said to me, you, you, you can't bring up the fact that black and brown wrestlers aren't getting enough opportunities because it's going to mess it up. And, you know, and, and, and so-and-so is my friend and I don't want them to, to not get an opportunity. You know, they, they say nonsense like that. And, and to those people, the shucking and jiving folk, good for you. But the reason why Duke Loves Wrestling continues to exist, the reason why we continue to, to get the caliber of guests that we get is because this show absolutely is going to tell you the truth. This show is not afraid of the heat that comes with telling the truth. And I, and I could be right and I could be wrong. We can agree or we could disagree, but you know you're going to get the truth from me. And that's why there are conversations that happen with some people you'd be shocked, conversations that I have with and the individuals who seek out conversation with me because they know, hey, you know, I don't like this guy. I don't like what he has to say. I disagree with him, but at least I know I'm going to get a take. At least I know he's going to tell the truth and he's not going to try to BS me 
just to try to 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 get something from me. <laughs> That's what a lot of these folks want to do. They want to they want to BS you and play with you in order to get something from you. And then when they feel like they can't get anything from you, they never talk to you again. That's not the story over here. The story over here is Duke loves wrestling, right? I sit here and I try to pre- present something that is positive and that will help out the wrestlers. And by helping out the wrestlers, it helps out the fans. That's the whole point. So I'm going to call out what's good. I'm going to call out what's terrible. And most importantly, I'm going to hold the office, the promoters accountable. Right? Right. Also, Trick Williams, congratulations on being North American champ. And, you know, unfortunately, you lost the belt a couple days later. It, it, it happens. I'm interested to see what happens with that. It would be a, a disgrace if Trick Williams is not holding gold again within the next couple of months. That would be ridiculous. But we'll have to wait and see, you know, but that's the name of the game, man. Diversity. Imagine that. Till next time, be kind to yourselves, be kind to others. Thank you again, Ken Shamrock. Folks, check out Valor Bare Knuckle 2, 27th of October. More information on their socials, all that good stuff. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.